Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? And today we are going to be talking about a litany of things, but specifically what happened in week 16. Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holidays to you all as this past holiday. How was your Christmas, Dan? Uh, it was good. It was a good Christmas. I got some things that I liked. So I'll tell you about those later. Um, and we will we'll keep going. All righty. Well, let's move along and let's. Why don't we start the week where everybody else did? That was on Thursday night football at SoFi Stadium. It was another home game for the New Orleans Saints in Los Angeles. However, they would fall 30-22 to despite an attempted comeback late in the game. Dan, we both watched this one. What do you got? Uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about. New Orleans has really squandered away this opportunity. Fans in New Orleans are calling for Derek Carr's head. Uh, I mean, which huge is, game is, by, it, which is ridiculous. The dude had a good game. I mean, they're just calling for his head simply because of the season that he's had in a sense. Um, he hasn't been all that great, really, if we're being honest. Um, but receiving side of the ball, that's really what we need to talk about. Uh, we obviously going to mention Kerwin Williams with the 22 for 104. Uh, since he came back, this offense has looked different on the Los Angeles side. Puka, um, I mean, what do we? Every week we're talking about this kid. Nine for 164. Demarcus Robinson six for 182 on the other side of the ball. Chris Olave nine for 123, and Rashid Shahid five for 70. Um, I mean, the is it really Derek Carr's fault though when New Orleans rushes the way they did? 16 um, carries I, for 35 yards. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I hear you, but at the same time, if you watch some of his tape, just as far as what we're looking at here, um, I don't know. I, I think there's something there to be said about how he played. Uh, I don't really have much else to add from a stat standpoint. As we go through this, I'm going to kind of talk about teams, uh, teams, what they need to do to get in. For the Rams, they need to win out. Uh, they either win a game and Seattle loses a game, or the Rams win a game, Green Bay loses a game, and Minnesota loses a game. Uh, on the other side of that ball, New Orleans does still have a chance. New Orleans wins out, Tampa loses week 18. New Orleans wins out, the Rams lose out, Seattle loses out. New Orleans wins out, Rams lose out, Minnesota loses a game, Green Bay loses a game. And a lot Orleans of things got to happen is what you're saying. Well, they're, they're still in it. They're still in the hunt, uh, but they definitely are not in the driver's seat. Speaking of two teams that are in the hunt but not in the driver's seat are the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. They got together at Acrisure Stadium. It'll always be Heinz Field to me. And Pittsburgh tied Cincinnati with an 8-7 and seven record as they beat up on the Bengals 34-11. Interesting thing to come out of this one, Danny Boy, is a player won his job next week. And we can probably, he can definitely thank George Pickens for that. Yeah, I mean, George Pickens had himself uh, probably the second best receiving game on the week, which is uh, pretty impressive when you think about it. I mean, four for 195 with two touchdowns on the other side of the ball. T. Higgins, five for 140 in a touchdown. Uh, T. Higgins is going to get paid this offseason somewhere, and I don't think it's going to be Cincy because you still got to pay Jamar Chase as well there. Um, 
Pittsburgh just really came out and dominated Jake Browning, went from hero to zero in less than a week. Um, Three costly interceptions will do that to you. Any, you have anything to add from a statistic standpoint of this game? Anything that sticks out to you? Not, look, if it's so late in the in, in fantasy playoffs, if you're in your championship week game, it, out, yeah, it doesn't just, matter. Just stay away from Pittsburgh running backs because it just keeps flipping back and forth between Warren and Harris. Um, you have anything to add before I talk about some of the scenarios here? No, Mason Rudolph. He, he to be fair, he earned his way to play next week. I don't think he looked all that great. George Pickens looked great, and he found George Pickens on two very deep passes. But you take those away, and pretty pedestrian numbers. I mean, he had Tom a touchdown. He had a touchdown of 66 and 86. So you take away the 152 yards off of that, and he went 16 for, or I'm sorry, 15 for 25 for about 100 yards. So this was the week. This week coming up is the week that. Kenny Pickett was eyeing to come back. Now, I don't know if this is a – he thinks Rudolph's the better player or they're giving Pickett an extra week. He said he's sticking with the hot hand. Um, out of these two teams, Pittsburgh has the easier path to the playoffs. Pittsburgh wins out. Buffalo loses one game. Pittsburgh wins out. Jacksonville loses a game. Pittsburgh wins out. Cleveland loses out. Pittsburgh wins out. Indy loses a game, and Houston loses a game. Uh, on the other side – since he needs to win out with help from a lot of other teams, I'm not going to go through all those scenarios, but that's what we're looking at here. And a big game on week 18, Cincinnati will is going to host Cleveland and Pittsburgh will be at Baltimore. So neither of these two teams have a great shot in week 18. Let's move along. Let's talk about the next game on the list. This one was also a Christmas Eve game. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Chargers. Uh, it Before we get there, both of us picked Cincinnati over Pittsburgh, and we were both wrong. Uh, the Bills held on and improved to 9-6 and six and strengthened a playoff push as the Chargers fall out of everything at 5-10. and 10. This was a 24-22 game. This came down to a Tyler Bass 29-yard field goal. Credit Cameron Dicker with field goals of 47, 45, and 53 all in the fourth quarter. Uh, he also added a 20-yard field goal in the first to account for a good chunk of the Charger offense. Uh, Dan, the Bills for real? Um, I'll be honest. They're a team I don't want to see in the playoffs right now. They are. They seem to be clicking on, on all cylinders. Uh, Josh Allen, once again, rushes for two more touchdowns, throws for another, has a solid game. The only thing we got to see, and I, I know that, you know, it's not their fault. I do want to see them play some better teams as well. Um, the, really, the only thing that sticks out of me statistic-wise here is Gabe Davis, four for 130 and a touch. Um, so what you're anything, saying is a dominating performance at home against New England next week is not going to sell you on them. Uh, it's It's not going to sell me on them. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna look at the week 18 matchup they have in Miami. Miami, yes, uh, which could okay. be a which could be for the division as well. Um, we will get to that. Um, Buffalo, uh, the Chargers are done. The Chargers are dead in the water. Um, I have nothing to talk about with them. Do you have anything to add? No, let's move along. Let's talk. Well, Buffalo, Buffalo's playoff options here. You got they they basically need to win out. Uh, they control their own destiny and. Um, 
that that's pretty much it. There's a bunch of other options, but that's their easiest one to win out. And excuse me, those last two games were Christmas Eve Eve. Now we go to the Christmas Eve games, which happened on Sunday. The New York Jets improved to six and nine, beating the four and eleven Washington Commanders thirty to twenty-eight. And Dan, I'm not gonna lie, the only reason I picked the Jets in this one was to be against you. I had no faith in them, but thank you, Greg Deleg Zerline, a former St. Louis Ram with a 54-yard field goal with five seconds left, halted a Washington comeback. They came back at halftime. This game was 27 to seven. In fact, with 18 and a half minutes left, this game was 27 to seven. And then Logan Thomas with a 15-yard pass from Jacoby Brissett, Chris Rodriguez from a yard out, and Antonio Gibson from two yards out. Made this one a 28-27 game in favor of Washington. And the Jets killed the last pretty much five minutes on the clock to win this football game. Dan, Sam Howell got benched in favor of Jacoby Brissett, who looked damn good. 10 for 13 for 100 and a score. He also added 10 yards on the ground. And they were big yards to convert a third down. Jamison Crowder, one target and a fumble. Lost. No catches, no yards. My, how the mighty have fallen, huh? I believe it was like a kickoff or something. Or it may have been like a lateral or or I don't know. (laughs) So be it. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has also been named the starter this week for the Commanders. Um, Trevor Simeon also has been named the starter for tomorrow night's game against the Browns. Zach Wilson with concussion has been ruled out. Um, So the Browns get another break. Um, I mean, that's, uh, there's not much to talk about here. This was a terribly, this was a terrible game. Um, exciting ending. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it was a good ending when you have two bad teams playing. I mean, Brees Hall did great things. Let's not discount that actually. 20 carries, 95 yards, 12 receptions for 96. Um, have yourself a day Brees Hall there to, uh, over, over 190 all purpose yards. So, uh, good for him. Thanks for not doing that all season when I had you on fantasy. Um, Isn't it let's, move, uh, let's move on to the next game. Let's do, and let's go to Detroit taking care of business, and they win the NFC North with a 30-24 to victory over the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in Mini. Uh, congratulations. This is the first time the Lions have won the North since 19 or won a division title. It wasn't even the NFC North at the time since 1993. Ed, can you tell me the other four teams in the division the last time the Detroit Lions won the division? Ooh. So I want to say the Packers and Bears. Correct. I'll give you Minnesota too. Mainly okay. can you name the, can so you the name last the team, team in the NFC North. Oof. It was the NFC Central at the time. And they are are still an NFC team. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, New Orleans makes too much sense there, but that's a lot of north going to south, so I don't think it's them. Uh, Would have been the Cowboys. You're going the wrong direction, bud. If you think New Orleans is too south, you're going the wrong direction. (laughs) All right, we'll save some time here because you and I both have want to talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Woohoo! In the... Uh, that's, the NFL, that's the NFL playing with a map there. We're not going to have much to talk about here. Jared Goff is who we thought he was. Jameer Gibbs is good. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 for 106 and a score. Like Dan said, if um, you're in your fantasy, 
championship game. You've already got your lineup set up. Justin Jefferson not, is good. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you showed me this. Uh, Detroit can also have four, four 1,000 total yard players, two rushing yes. and two receiving in Amon Ra, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and David Montgomery. And that's a feat in itself, if we're being honest. It's going to be a little bit harder given Laporta only had three catches for 18 yards, but they didn't really need to go to him all that much when they when golf was carving up the Minnesota secondary. And they ran the football in a good half in the second portion of that game. Nick Mullins, 22 for 36, 411, two TDs, four costly interceptions, and four big sacks, which killed some drives. There's nothing else we really need to get to. Good job, KJ Osborne, um, nine or four five for 95. What you got? So Minnesota is still in a deep hunt in this in in the playoffs. They have to win out, and the Rams have to lose a game, and Seattle has to lose a game, which both are very possible. Uh, and the last two games, they kind of control their own destiny here with the Packers and the Lions in the last two games. The Lions could be playing for nothing come Week 18. Okay, let's move along. Let's talk about my Cleveland Browns, who won on the road and improved to 10 and five. With a 36-22 to 22 victory over the now 8-7 and seven Houston Texans. Uh, don't let this score fool you, okay? The Texans scored um, 15 points in the final 6.08, and their only touchdown before then was a 98-yard kickoff return where a few holding calls were missed, depending on which side you are a fan of. Um what we really need to talk to here, and we can talk about the stats. Joe Flacco, 27-42, 368, three TDs, two interceptions. The gunslinger has returned. But it's Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, 11 catches, 265 yards, and two touchdowns. Sets a Browns receiving yards record for most yards a, in a game. I believe it's a single game record for the NFL, too, no? Or did he come uh, up short uh, of that? I, I can keep up. Refresh me on the other stats. Uh, I mean, Flacco, another 300, another passing game of plus 350. On the other side of the ball, like Ed said, you know, this game is was nowhere near as close as it was. 15 garbage time points for the Texans. Uh, DTR did get hurt. He is on the IR for the rest of the season, which did force back, Flacco back into this game, um, coming down the stretch there. Uh, CJ Stroud looking to possibly be able to play. Uh, this week, which would be great for that team because clearly these other two quarterbacks are not half the quarterback that he could be even combined. The Browns win, and they do clinch a playoff berth as well. Uh, just to give you a quick fact, Amari Cooper's 265 yards is tied for 15th most in a single-season game. The oh. record is 336 by gotcha. Flipper Anderson of the Los Angeles Rams against the New Orleans Saints November 26th. 1989. It is also the most since last year when Jamar Chase on the 2nd of January went for 266. So there you go. So Houston's um, playoff options. Last thing I have to add to this game. Oh, no, Houston no, no. Wins. We got more to talk about this game, but please well, that, go ahead. That's fine. Um, but I'll let you go in a second. Houston sure. uh, wins out. They are in. Houston wins week 18. Indy loses week 17. And Jacksonville loses out. Are those two options? Are so basically, in, scenarios. Indianapolis has basically, to lose out. Well, basically, Houston wins and they're in. Fair enough. Dan, did you know since Joe Flacco has returned, he has the most TD passes in the NFL? 
Amari Cooper has the most receiving yards in the NFL. Joe Flacco has the most passing yards in the NFL. And David Njoku has the most TD catches of his career. I'm glad to see he got rid of those hands of stone. I would have liked to have seen what Joe Flacco would have been able to do the entire year under center. Also, Dan, did you know that Joe Flacco has never been to a Pro Bowl? Correct, because the year he got selected for the Pro, the Pro Bowl, we were in the Super Bowl. That is correct. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers doing what everybody expected the Green Bay Packers to do. And they took care of business beating the Carolina Panthers as soon as I find this game. Where are you, Green Bay? Green Bay. 33-30. This one happened at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, right? That's in Charlotte. They play in Charlotte. Where's Bank of America Stadium? Go on. Tell me the stats. All right. Uh, that is in Charlotte, yes. Jordan Love, 17 for 28 with two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, welcome back, 21 for 127. Uh, Jordan Love with a rushing touchdown. A.J. Dillon with a rushing touchdown. On the other side of the ball, Chubba Hubbard got in the box. Uh, DJ Chark, welcome back to the NFL because you disappeared this whole season uh, with six for 98 and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen, six for 94. Bryce Young has looked better over the last few weeks. Uh, as we all know, Carolina's eliminated from playoffs. Green Bay wins out. Green Bay wins out. The Rams lose out. Seattle loses out. Green Bay, Green Bay wins out. The Rams lose exactly one. And a few other scenarios, but they are the two easiest courses for Green Bay to get into the playoffs. And let's give some credit where credit is due for these Carolina Panthers. At halftime, this is 23 to 10, and then 23 to 6. I'm sorry, then 30 to 16. And in a span of three minutes and nine seconds, DJ Chark caught two touchdown passes from Bryce Young to tie this football game with 4.05 left. The Packers were able to go down and kick a 32-yard field goal with 19 seconds left. So credit Carolina from coming for coming back. If I'm the Packers and I make the playoffs, that defense, you got to be worried because I'm not sure you don't have Aaron Rodgers in the backfield and you're not going to win on offense alone. Move on. Yeah, I'm good with moving on from Let's this Let's move on. Let's go on to Tennessee and Seattle. This one ended in a 20-17 to 17 victory. Seahawks on top at Nissan Stadium. A lot of road teams won this week. Seahawks improved to 8-7. and seven. Titans fall to 5-10 and 10 and out of the playoffs. Dan, Mike Vrabel, does he have a job in three weeks? Yes. Yes, Vrabel's not going to get fired. Fair enough. This game started off poorly with no score in the first quarter. And then kind of picked up after that, but not really. Colby Parkinson's five-yard pass from Geno Smith with the score 17-13 in favor of the Titans. Put this one out of reach with 57 seconds left. And Seattle won by that final score. Dan, Geno, is he back? I That is probably to be determined on how the rest of the season plays out. I do have a few nuggets to add from this game. Um, Seattle wins out and they're in. Uh, that's so basically they control their own destiny. I'm not going to go over the other option here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has started, I believe four games for the Titans this year. And Derrick Henry has the same amount of passing touchdowns as Ryan Tannehill with two on the season. Um, Derrick Henry also pulled off his hat trick scoring a touchdown on the ground and, uh, through the air passing and completed the pass rushed and Made a catch. So that Derek Hen can we call that the Henry trick? The Hen trick? Sure. 
um, too close the, to Kirk. The thing that I'll add here is, is Will Levis was not benched. He was out with a sprained ankle, so there is no quarterback controversy here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of let Tannehill finish out the season, unless yeah. there's something to go on with maybe a contract and injury clauses that we're going to talk about here later. Yeah, I, you you got to save Levis for next year. This was a he shouldn't have started this year, but. That's neither here nor there. Let's move along. Let's go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Chinese takeout box. The Atlanta Falcons at home improved to 7-8, and eight, dropping the now 8-7 and seven Indianapolis Colts 29-10. to 10. Young Hu Ku, five field goals from 23, 47, 41, 35, and 25 was the reason Atlanta won this football game. If you add his two extra points in, uh... Jonathan Taylor had a rushing touchdown for the Colts, but that's really about it. This is not a good Colts team right now. It's very interesting. This Colts team is a, a really bad roller coaster, and you can say the same about this Falcons team as well. Uh, both these teams have a ton of playoff scenarios that they can that both these teams are still in the hunt and they are very much alive. I'm not going through all ten of them for each, basically, is what we're looking at. Thank you. Um, so, but both these teams are alive. They don't control their own destiny. They need help on both sides. Nothing really to speak of. B. John Robinson, 12 for 72, yeah, well, 7 for 50. Other I'm than that, glad that, you brought that, that up. that's yeah, pretty I mean, much John's it. finally getting, this was something I bitched about last week. Why is he not, why is, why, why are they not getting it? And this offense, in my opinion, did look better with Heineke under center, to be completely honest. I feel like you saying B. John Robinson is finally getting his touches every other week. Let's move along. Tampa Bay yes, improves to right. eight so and this seven. Week is not going to get any. That's true. Tampa Bay improves to eight and seven with a thirty to twelve victory over the also eight and seven Jacksonville Jaguars, harming Jacksonville's chance to get in and keeping Tampa Bay in a very interesting position, as they now have a winning record. Mike Evans had a three-yard catch from Baker Mayfield, who threw two touchdowns to Mr. Evans. He also had a twenty-two-yard catch from him. Baker Mayfield, they are getting what they what they wanted from him, really. It's very interesting because if you look at the offensive side of this game, you look at these offensive stats for Tampa Bay, it doesn't look like a great game, really. Two I mean, Baker had a good game. I mean, two touchdowns. From, quarterback rating. But I, I think the story of this game, what I'm saying is I think the story of this game is the Tampa Bay defense. Um, they put up, you know. They, they did what they had to do. Trevor Lawrence is questionable for this week. Um, now, did he come out shot. for an injury, or was it just garbage time and they put in Beathard? I believe, or it, I believe it was injury-related, yes. Um, okay. And really quickly here, Jacksonville wins out, and they're in. Tampa Bay, I believe if Tampa Bay just wins this week, they yeah, Tampa Bay wins a game, they clinch the South. So all they have to do is win this week, and they locked up the division. You know, they say there's some poetic justice going on in the NFL with ex-quarterbacks. It We're looking at a very, very strong possibility that the Ravens and the Browns would face off each against each other in the second week of the playoffs. Wouldn't it be something for the Browns and ba- to face Baker Mayfield? And I know it's a long way to go, and this is a massive fantasy, but the Browns to face Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl for Mayfield to beat the Browns. That would be the ultimate bit of screw you from Baker Mayfield. And honestly, that would be the only team I would not absolutely hate the Browns to lose to in the playoffs. 
Let's move along. Let's go to Miami and Dallas. And this was on paper supposed to be the best game of the week. Did it disappoint you with Miami pulling out a 22 to 20 victory? Dallas falling to 10 and 5. Miami improving to 11 and 4. Dan, good game, yes or no? No, no. This was a very mediocre game. Well, it was decided with a Jason Sanders 29 yard field goal as time expired. The Cowboys came back from a 19-10 deficit thanks to a Brandon Aubrey 33-yard field goal and Brandon Cooks getting an 8-yard pass from Dak to take a 1-point lead with 3.33 left in the fourth quarter. Talk to me about this one because this is both teams needed a win here to kind of legitimize themselves. Yeah, and I'll be honest, uh, Dallas, once again, I want to say more than once this season, Dallas has came up short. Um, at the goal line, Dak stepped out on a toe on another loss they had, and then Pollard getting stuffed at the goal line t- today. Uh, I mean, C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, has carried this offense on his back. We're going to have a little bit of MVP talk here in, shortly. Um, That's right, think, he should. Yeah. And, and I think that – I think him not being mentioned is a big story. Tyreek Hill came back and looked very solid. Uh, this was a very, you know, this was a very well-played game by the defenses when you thought this was going to be a shootout. Um, Miami clinches the playoff berth with a win this week. And <clears throat> uh, actually, they clinched the the East title with a win this week um, or a Buffalo loss. And Dallas, it's, it's a big game for them tomorrow night because if they lose, they can know they don't really control their destiny for the North. If Philly were to win this week, Philly would clinch the North. Do so, we have two Thursday night games next week? Uh, is this not a Thursday night game? Jets this, and Cleveland are the Thursday night game. I lie. Okay, this is the this is the Monday night game. Monday night game. I, I do apologize. Or Saturday. Saturday game. Saturday game. I know it. I, I know it's today, buddy. Game. I know it's an island game, and it's a Saturday. Well, they they throw in Saturdays, Fridays, and everything else now. It's a Saturday game. Well, now the college uh, football's well, over. They have no competition because Lord knows they don't think the NBA is competition. We got some stats on that, too. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about a game on paper that was supposed to be one of the worst of the week. The Chicago Bears improved to 6-9 and nine with a 27-16 victory over the Arizona Cardinals, who now fall to 3-12. and 12. Khalil Herbert, welcome back. 20 for 112. Cole Komet, have yourself a day as well. James Conner, one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Over 100 scrimmage yards, 12 for 45, 5 for 67, and a score. But you'd I mean, like to you, see you those back, rushing records higher. But I mean, if you go yards. back and you look at you look at his game since coming off IR, he has been, They're as solid. you like to describe, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's very interesting to kind of just see where – Everything's at. Technically, the Bears are not eliminated from playoff contention, but they're basically going to get knocked out this week. Um, yeah, I don't have good. much else to add from this game. This was kind of a game. This is this is one that I feel like we can move on from pretty quickly to irrelevant teams right now. And we have well, I got a question for you to talk about. Justin Fields, 15 for 27 for 170, a TD and a pick. Nine for 97 and a score on the ground. Has he done enough to keep his job next year and not have somebody drafted to replace him? I think so. I, I think that I think if I'm the Bears, I am looking to trade that. I'm looking to move down one spot 
or maybe two spots because it's tough because Arizona's sitting second right now. I'm looking to move a spot to, to just get some value here and, and pick up pick up Maserati Marv. Um, all right. Well, let's move along. Let's go to another team that may have done just enough to keep their job. And one player that didn't do enough to keep his job. The New England Patriots approved up 4-11 and 11 with a 26-23 victory over the all-but-eliminated Denver Broncos, who fall to 7-8. and eight. This happened at Empower Field at Mile High. One of the dumbest names I've ever heard of. Uh, New England started by giving up the first seven points of this game on a Javante Williams three-yard rush, and then rattled off the next a lot. 23 Thanks to Ezekiel Elliott's 15-yard catch from Bailey Zappi, a Mike Gusecki 11-yard catch from Bailey Zappi, a Cole Davis one-yard fumble return, which is generous calling it that. Uh, Denver tried to come back and actually tied this game with 2.53 left, but a 56-yard Chad Ryland field goal with two seconds left. How about that? Won the game in Denver. Dan, Bailey Zappi. When's the starting job next week, right? Ed, it, it's funny you bring up Bailey Zappi because I was actually going to bring him up. Uh, there is talk among New England sports talk that if Bailey Zappi and the Patriots went out, they should look to just let him start all next year and draft an offensive tackle in the first round. Well, I so think that would be talk. the next. I think that would be the next general manager slash coach's decision because Belichick's not going to be there to make that decision. That is the uh, that is the talk there through uh, throughout essentially New England. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, let's let's talk about the the what is Russ Westbrook, Russ Wilson uh, getting benched. Jared Stidham's going to start. Um, well, I have this. Is, let, yeah, me read, let me read what I found you. This came from Dove Kleiman on Twitter. Where did it go? Um, and it states that the Broncos threatened to bench Russell Wilson weeks ago if he didn't remove his injury guarantees per the Schultz report. Russell Wilson benching by the Broncos is solely financially related and has been in the works for weeks. The Broncos approached Wilson two days after their October 29th upset win over the Kansas City Chiefs and told him he would be made inactive for the rest of the season if he did not adjust his contract and defer the injury guarantee trigger date that he has for 2025. How is that not blackmail? I mean, I, this isn't the first time we've seen this, though. We saw this with Matt Ryan. We saw this with Jimmy G this year. Like, this isn't, I mean, I mean, let's, it's a business. Let's be honest here. Ed. Yeah, it's a business. I, I, it's it? blackmail. I mean, it's. If, if I were to, if I were to go to you right now and say, Dan, you're not going to pay your car payment this week because you're going to give me money. And if you don't, I'm taking your car from you. I have no legal right to your car. You signed a contract to your car with somebody else. That analogy doesn't really work, but still it's blackmail. Pure, plain and simple. I, mean, I don't necessarily know if it's, I don't know if I agree with it, that it's blackmail by any means. They're forcing I mean, they're, him to they, alter they just, a contract in right. favor they're of saying, his hey, legacy. If, Hey, if you want to keep playing, you have to do this in order for us to want you to keep playing. If you don't do this, we're not going to do it. So now it looks like in March, uh, Russell Russell Wilson will be a free agent. Continuing, the threat, however, quote, shocked him, and the two sides got into a major dispute on how to proceed. When the threat was made by the Broncos, the team, Wilson's camp, the NFLPA, and another unknown party were involved in negotiations 
that ended in no change in Wilson's contract. It all came crashing down today when Sean Payton and other top-level members of the Denver organization decided to go ahead with a plan they've had for weeks, which is, of course, benching Russell Wilson for the remainder of the season. So there you have that. Dan, talk to me. Who replaces Russ, and is it worth it? Um, It's worth them giving him a look the last two weeks of the season. Uh, It's Jared Stidham played for... Played for the Raiders last year in his first game out. He lit it up, actually, to be completely honest. Um, Like 350 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, essentially. He also was in the Patriots organization at one time. But, I mean, it it is what it is. There's not much else that I really want to add on here. We have more pressing things to talk about. Um, yeah, this Russ isn't cooking anymore. Uh, I do think they still had a good run in the middle of the season. Uh, technically they're not eliminated. They have to win out. Casey loses out and they, um, they're, they're in the playoffs. Which is entirely possible that Casey loses out. There's another option as well, uh, as far as them making the playoffs. So we'll see what happens if that happens. If they make the playoffs, I, and I, Stidham looks mediocre. I think you have to go back to the guy with playoff experience to be completely honest. Well, then again, if. Then again, probably not. So it depends on how that contract's worded. Um, maybe Russ Wilson has played enough to be going somewhere that needs a quarterback and drafts a quarterback and be that mentor for one or two years for, you know, Caleb or Bo Nix or whoever see, else. I'll be honest, I could see Russ going to New England. Makes sense. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about those Chiefs who fell 20 to 14 at. G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium. It's always going to be Arrowhead. They can put whatever name they want on it beforehand. They fall to 9-6. The Raiders improve to 7-8 and and keep their playoff chances alive, albeit very, very slim. Um, There's something wrong in Kansas City, and I think it's Patrick Mahomes. 27-44, only 235 yards, a TD, an interception, and sacked four times. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, only 11 rushes for 26 yards and a touchdown uh, four receptions for zero yards and a loss fumble. That's a problem. If you're in Kansas city, Travis Kelsey, five catches, 44 yards. That's it. Uh, let's give some love to Zamir white 22 for 145. Dude had himself a day and Aiden O'Connell. Oh, Aiden O'Connell. Do you think they missed Eric Carr? I don't know. I have no idea, but this was one of the funniest things ever. Go ahead, Ed. Lay no, it be, there. no, no, no. By all means, take it. Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass after the first quarter. He finished nine for twenty-one for sixty-two yards. And they he also had four game. rushes for negative four yards, which were and knees. They won but this still. game, twenty to fourteen. Vegas is still very alive in the playoffs as well. Vegas wins out. Kansas City loses out. They're in. They have some wild card options as well that they need help with. So we'll see what happens there, but this is a this is a three horse race for this division at this point because I'm not gonna say that Kansas City necessarily is gonna they look beatable close out these games against the the Bengals and the Chargers to be completely honest with the way that they've been playing. They look beatable. They do. They do. Um, free Devonte Adams, one catch, four yards, six targets. Free Devonte Adams. That man needs. That man deserves better. 
Uh, nothing else we really need to talk here. Let's move along. Let's go to the Monday night. Are we at Monday night? Yes, we are on Monday night. Philadelphia and the Giants on Christmas Day. The Eagles improved as they take care of business over the Tommy DeVito-less now Giants. 33-25. The Eagles benched for Tyrod Taylor, another former Raven. The Eagles, uh, to be fair, Tyrod Taylor is a former everywhere. The Eagles improved to 11-4. and four. The Giants fall to 5-10. and 10. Tommy DeVito, you fired your agent. Now you've lost your job. You had a bad week, 9 for 16, 55 yards and a sack. Tyrod Taylor came in. He wasn't much better. 7 for 16, 133, a touchdown and an interception. He added 2 for 21 on the ground. Saquon Barkley, you deserve better. 23 for 80 and a score, 3 catches, 4 yards through the air. Darius Slayton, three catches, 90 yards, and a score. That's it if you're a Giants fan. That's it. Jalen Hurts looked better. 24 for 38, 301, a TD, a pick, and a sack. He fumbled, but he also added eight for 34 and a score on the ground. DeAndre Swift, how about you? 20 for 92 and a touchdown. Dan, what do you got from this one? Uh, I mean, there's really not much to add. You've just kind of gone over all the stats here. The only thing that I want to add is just Philly clinches the East with a win and a Dallas loss or tie. Um, mentioned that earlier with Dallas as well. But uh, A.J. Brown, I mean, solid game. But besides that, um, we can move on to – eh, you know what? This is a good spot to throw this in here. Christmas Day has been ripped away from the NBA. Uh, you think so? NFL and, NFL and NBA viewership numbers from the Christmas games – the Raiders Chiefs, 29.17 million. Giants Eagles, 29.02. Ravens Ravens 49ers, 27.23. The NBA, Bucks Knicks at 12 was 2.5 mil. Warriors Nuggets was your next game at 4.1. Celtics Lakers at a 5.0 mil. 76ers Heat, 1.3. Mavericks Suns, 1.5 million. I would say yes, and I would be very curious to see what the NFL does next year with Christmas falling on a Wednesday. Mm. Because they are great viewership numbers. Interesting. Yes, they are. Um, They are fantastic viewer numbers. And it also helped that all three of these games were pretty big market, big fan bases. I mean, Kansas City is one of the most followed fan bases in the Midwest. Philadelphia is massive and coming off. Super Bowl success. And then we have the final game, Baltimore and San Francisco. Let me uh, let me just throw some things out here before we dive into this. Sure. This is your team. Go ahead. The Ravens defense rankings this season. Number first in takeaways, first in sacks, first in scoring. Can be the first team to lead this in all three categories in the same season. The Baltimore Ravens have not trailed by more than seven points in any – Seven points at any point in the season during the 2023 season. Week 16 just ended, people. The Ravens have won. The Ravens have seven wins by 14 plus points this season. All of those opponents currently are above 500. Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, Seattle, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, San Francisco. No team in NFL history has had more than five regular season wins at 14 plus points against any team that finished the season with a winning record. Lamar Jackson is 20-1 and one in his career versus the NFC. Do you know the only quarterback to beat Lamar Jackson in the NFC? I could uh... – no, who? Daniel Jones. That makes sense. 
Kyle Hamilton no, got chop-blocked, got up, and made an interception. That kid's a dog. Yeah. Oh, that was a hell of a play by Kyle Hamilton, too. Um, I don't want to get too far into this because my MVP thoughts don't really matter. But, Peyton, people are talking about how Lamar shouldn't even be in the MVP conversation. If you want to say Nobody no quarterback. That. Nobody has ever said that. Oh. I have not heard anybody say that. In fact, it's the exact opposite. So I haven't heard anybody well, say that whatsoever. Let me talk. I just want to throw this out there. Peyton Manning's MVP in 2008. Uh, total yards, 4,023. Total touchdowns, 28. Completion percentage, 66.8. Record, 12-4. and 95.0 passer rating, 13 total, total turnovers. Lamar Jackson's current total stats, 1,400 – I'm sorry, 4,143 total yards, 24 total touchdowns, 66.3. Completion percentage, 12-3 and record, a 97.2 passer rating, and 14 total turnovers. Needless to say, don't tell me he doesn't deserve to be in the conversation. Lastly, before we dive into this game, underdogs have now won eight straight Monday night football games, the longest win streak by an underdog in Monday night football history. You ready for another stat that's going to blow yours out of the water? Lamar Jackson, if he wins MVP as a quarterback, will have the fewest amount of passing touchdowns as the most valuable player quarterback in the last 30 years. That's fine. Let's move along. Let's talk about this one. The Ravens improve to 12 and 3. The Niners fall to 11 and 4. Dan, do you remember way, way back, week one, we did this show and we talked about how the colors of the Super Bowl logo released in February of the year before, in like the last five, have featured the two teams that were going to win, that are going to play in the Super Bowl. Those two teams are the Raiders and the Niners to play in Super Bowl. Uh, 57 now and this was a super bowl preview and to quote my good friend mike florio if uh if this is a super bowl preview then the super bowl is gonna suck oh that's right he said that about the 49ers because they were gonna mollywop anyway dan there was another controversial call and this one came on the first drive of the, uh, the second drive of the game, really. Lamar Jackson's attention to grounding call where he got tackled by the was it, field judge. Whoever yep. else stands in the backfield outside of the uh, referee. Um, I told you then, that's a bullshit call. I still I think it's a bullshit call. That rules but there's, you know, there's 20. Yeah, there's 31 people on the field. So, <coughs> or 29 Let's, people on the field or whatever. 28. Let's, ever, let's talk about how good of a game Brock Purdy had. Yeah, let's talk about that, shall we? Uh, 18 for 32, 255, four interceptions, and they – I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of these interceptions weren't good interceptions either. They were bad. A few of them were deflected, but Brock Purdy, <laughs> Sam Darnold did come in and was pretty effective. 8 for 14 for 81 yards, a TD. He also threw an interception. Five turnovers for that Ravens defense. Christian McCaffrey, 14 for 103 and a score. He added six for 28 through the air. That man is your MVP. George Kittle, seven for 126. Brandon Ayuk, six for 113. You look at the stat line, and outside of the touchdowns, you look. McCaffrey's got 100. Kittle's got 100. Ayuk's got 100. You pass for over 300. By all means, the 49ers should have won this football game if you take away the turnovers. But five costly turnovers, and that Baltimore secondary did just enough in that Ben don't break defense. Who is the Baltimore defensive coordinator, Dan? 
Mike McDonald. He will be a head coach next season. Yes, or no? I don't care what Baltimore has to do. You don't. You don't let Mike go. So he's going um, to New England next season, and I'm I I can almost guarantee that because Belichick's going to San Diego. Can almost guarantee that too. What um, else you got for this one? Yeah, so Baltimore clinches the AFC North with a win. Baltimore <laughs> clinches the first round by and home field advantage with a win. Uh, San Francisco can't be. San Francisco can clinch a first round by and home field advantage, but they have to win. Philly has to lose, and Detroit has to lose. I don't really see that scenario playing out this week. Um, the NFC just the NFC race for the number one seed just got very interesting thanks to the Baltimore Ravens, as the AFC was already interesting with Miami playing, and only three teams can get that number one seed, and none of them are Kansas City. Yes, because there is still an option for Cleveland to make the number one seed. And let me tell you how that's going to happen. Miami has to beat Baltimore. And then Pittsburgh has to beat Baltimore. That'll give the Browns, if they went out as well, beating – who do the Browns play? They play the Jets at Cleveland tomorrow night, and then we'll have to beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. That'll give the Browns the north. And if Miami beats Baltimore and then loses to Buffalo at home, the Browns are the number one seed in the AFC. Without quarterback one, quarterback two, RB1, RB2, really quarterback three, if you count DTR, who is now on season-ending IR, their kicker, their punter, four offensive linemen, injuries everywhere. Welcome to the NFL. Kevin, uh, nobody else has lost that. That. Welcome there, to the NFL. The Ravens were like that two, two seasons ago. Welcome to the NFL. Uh, no, because the Ravens Oh, my God, I'm so their... tired of Browns fans talking about the IR. Every team has players on the IR. Teams go not, through this. The Ravens are without RB1, RB2. Not their whole I'm depth tired chart of it. Quit bitching. It's all you guys do. The, a fucking all-world running back they lost. There is no team that has lost a player that important to their offense. And still been 10 and 5. All right, let's move. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come on, let's go to our picks. Dan, Thursday night football, Jets at Cleveland. We both have Cleveland. Is this going to be over by halftime? Uh, not necessarily. That Jets defense is pretty good. I'm rooting for the Jets. Dallas and Detroit, you have – who do you pick in this one? You have Detroit, Detroit. over Dallas. Why? Uh, I mean, uh, I think this Dallas team squandering. Houston at, over Tennessee. We both got that one. Chicago over Atlanta. We both got that one. Big game here. Miami at Baltimore. Yeah, Obviously, I you Miami. pick Baltimore. Why did I pick Miami? Why do you think I picked Miami? It's the only chance the Browns have of winning this contest. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. We both have Tampa. We both have Buffalo going over New England in a game that shocks nobody. Another game that shocks nobody, and which is why it is my uh, survivor pick, which I have done absolutely god-awful this week or this year. Philadelphia over Arizona. Jacksonville, Carolina. Why do you have Carolina over Jacksonville? Is it because of Trevor Lawrence? 
it's literally just because this Jacksonville team looks lost on the field. And I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. And Carolina has been playing a lot better the last two, three weeks when you actually go back and look at it. Fair enough. Indianapolis over Vegas or Indianapolis hosts Las Vegas. Indy and Vegas, two teams. Very interesting. You like Garner Minshew over this one. Yeah, I mean, Vegas did just play well, but they got to travel across the country to Indy on a short week. So, Fair enough. Giants and Rams. You have the Rams as your pick. Really not trusting Tyrod Taylor there, huh? Uh, I mean, I don't feel comfortable about that survivor pick, but. San Francisco goes to Washington. I don't think it's anybody's shock there. We have San Francisco winning. Pittsburgh, Seattle. I got Pittsburgh. You got Seattle. I just need Pittsburgh. Why do I pick Pittsburgh here? Can you defend my pick of Pittsburgh? Because I can't. I can't either, especially going across the country. To a team that has. I mean, Pittsburgh has to win too, but Seattle has to win. And they're playing at home. Hmm. Maybe it's my confidence in the fact that Mike Tomlin will not let his team have a losing record this year. Because if they lose this week, they are 8-8 eight eight going to a showdown in Baltimore. That, am I going to have to be a Steelers fan? I'm going to have to be a Steelers fan. Kansas City over Cincinnati. We both got that one. Chargers in Denver. Is this Monday night or Sunday night? Do they got two Monday night football games this week? This is Sunday uh, night, right? No. This is Sunday night. You have Denver. I have the Chargers. You want to change that? No, I'll stick with Jared Stidham. I'll take uh, I'll take Stidham over Sticks any day. Minnesota. I think this Chargers team has just packed it in. I don't think Keenan Allen's going to play the rest of the season. Who knows if they let Eckler suit up the last two weeks. So. Minnesota will host Green Bay in the Monday Night Football game. Who's the starter for Minnesota? Uh, that's a good question because Nick Mullins looked like trash too. They could go back to the rookie Jalen Hill, I believe his name is. But I don't know who's going to start for them, but they look terrible. Could they bring back Josh Dobbs? I mean, he's he's an option as well, but interesting to bring. who starts, I think Green Bay by 10. Oh, Ooh, even giving us a score. All right, to update on our weekly thing. Dan and I both finished at 9-8, and eight, and we both missed our survivor pick last week because we both picked Denver. Overall in the season, Dan is 164-91, and 91, 23 games better than I am at 141-114. and 114. I'm not going to lie, the further we go into this, the more demoralized I am about trying to catch you at all. It's starting to be mathematically impossible. We have one, two, three, four, five. Mathematically impossible. Whoa, 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 hey. Because I'm going to pick against you in the Super Bowl, no matter what it is. And that's a 10-point game. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. We have set, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different games this week. So I could give myself a fighting chance. Dan, do you got anything for the Did You Know before I start depressing you once more? No, go ahead. All right, Dan, did you know since 2017-2018, the St. Louis Blues have had 39 minutes and 58 seconds of five-on-three ice time. They have scored a grand total of two goals. That's bad. That doesn't depress me. That should depress you. It does depress me. Dan, did you know that Chris Letang became the first defenseman in NHL history with five points in one period? I did know that, and all five of them were assists. Ooh. I wonder how often that is that somebody got five assists in a period. you got to think somebody on those vaulted Oilers teams did it, maybe 99. Dan, did you know on this date in 2015, well, December 27th, which is today, 
The St. Louis Rams played their final game in St. Louis Rams history, and they got a win 23-17 over the Seahawks. This one was in Seattle. Akeem Ayers had a 45-yard fumble return for a touchdown, ending Seattle's five-game winning streak. It's a sad day. Not a sad day for me. Dan, you want to know what's a sad day? Probably not for you, but maybe for your bloodline. And I hit this on purpose just so you wouldn't see it. 1964 NFL championship game happened 59 years ago today at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland, where the Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Colts 27 to nothing. I have actually started reading a book by Tommy Pluto called Brownstown 1964. It tells the story of how um, basically of the Brown season with Jim Brown and and um, Paul Brown getting fired and, and sent to Cincinnati and how the it's. It's a whole thing. Dan, do you have anything else before we wrap this one up? What can we expect from the page going forward and what got released on the page today? Uh, NHL power rankings are up. You can expect um, throughout the course of the next couple of days, our power rankings, the bottom of the barrel rankings. Uh, and maybe we'll get one more show out this week. We'll see. All right. Uh, one thing, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we said goodbye on this one, DeMar Hamlin. He came back from literal death, right? He's only played in five games. He's only got two tackles this year. He's still hands down the number one favorite to win comeback player of the year. But how about Joe Flacco? And if it isn't Hamlin and Flacco, you still have Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield and Tua Tungabailoa. Yep. It's a two it's a two man race, right? It has to be either Flacco or Hamlin. And we had this conversation like three weeks ago when I talked about comeback player of the year and I brought up Tua at that time. I mean, hands down, it's Flacco. But it's I'm gonna Hamlin, use but yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna use what you told me. He died. You yeah, I was say you can't come back from that. Like you can't you can't beat that kind of comeback. I mean, here's my thing, though. Like, he's not a comeback player. Like, it, he's not. I mean, personally, I think he's a clone. I don't even think that's the, the real DeMar oh, Hamlin. Are we back to this again? Um, and J- J- on, hold on. Hold on. For one second. Because Dan brought up the clone thing, I want to remind you guys, Dan also has brought up the Paul McCartney was a clone thing. And that it hasn't been the real Paul McCartney for the last 60 years either. He has said this. Dan's a conspiracy also, theorist when it comes to clones. And also Hillary Clinton is a... Hillary Clinton is a is a reptilian. I have said that before, too. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to contribute to the Dan Dort Memorial Fund after he, quote, commits um, because he spoke out against the Clintons, please direct all of your money to me and I will think of him fondly as I spend it. Please continue. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think – Hamlin should not be the comeback player of the year with what some of these other guys have done on the field. I don't care. Like, this is going to sound really heartless. I don't care that he died on the field and came back to life. He shouldn't have got a COVID shot. Boom. So there's the trifecta. If that doesn't get us canceled or get Dan killed, congratulations, Mr. Dort. You're immortal. Anyway, that's going to bring it into a very tenuous and, and tumultuous Week 16, we gave you our week 17 picks. We got a few minutes, Dan. Anything you want to discuss? Anything at all? Wrestling's getting interesting, kind of. Not really. CM Punk's back. We we may need to talk about that, but I mean, I I could sit here and I could talk. 
I could talk Should for another we talk about the Dodgers about... spending a billion dollars on two Japanese imports? Yeah, I mean, the, the, Jap- the, the Japanese just dropped a bomb on America with the amount of money we gave those two guys. Um, number four on the things Dan has said on the show that will get him canceled. Um, is it possible they weren't just buying Shohei Otani and, and Yamamoto, but they were also buying the support of the Japanese people for the next decade oh, or so? One, 100%. 100%. Dude, the, I don't know if they make a billy. I don't know if they make a billy back off that. But uh, merchandise, I mean, they're going to make growing a, the game a ton of money. I mean, I will say that they are going to make a ton of money when it comes to what uh, what they can show. I mean, these two guys' faces are going to be all over the place until Ricky comes over. So, do you think this was maybe orchestrated by Major League Baseball to put the two biggest foreign stars in the biggest market in baseball? Um, no. One of the most merchandise selling franchises in baseball. The only other franchise that outsells the Dodgers as merchandise is the Yankees. Maybe the Red Sox, but still. Can we just talk about how sweet it was the fact that Yamamoto did not go to the Yankees after all the Yankee fans were yelling, We got Soto. We're getting Yamamoto. Yankees 2024 World Series champions. And now all you have is a guy that walks a lot. If you were put in a room, now let's say you you have enough bullets to do this. You had to you had exactly enough to kill one of these franchises: the Cleveland Browns, the New York Yankees. Let's just keep it to those two. Which one would you rather see die? The Browns, with or without Flacco. Let's go as a whole entire history. I'll still kill the Yankees if it's just the entire history. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. If it came down for me to the Steelers and the Yankees, I'd, I'd probably still kill the Yankees. Um, let's call an end to this one, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, the last, like, five minutes of the show, I'm pro- you're probably not going to hear from me next week, so. <laughs> well, the first 15, you're going to hear from me a lot. In fact, if you guys listen close, and I want you guys to listen close, I want you to pop your heads out the door at about 11 o'clock tomorrow. And I want you to listen. Listen as the wind passes through your ears over the tops of the houses in your neighborhood. And I want you to listen for me screaming because it's entirely possible it could be out of joy or out of sorrow. But either way, screaming will be had. Children will be awoken. Trouble will be made by me. That's how big this game is. And uh, Dan, I, I want you to call me Thursday night to make sure that I am, in fact, alive because it's entirely possible I could have a heart attack. So, yeah, I mean, these are probably be sure the to most check up expensive that Brown's upper bowl tickets have been in a long time. Tickets starting at $180. You well, can, it's, two years, it's, two years it's ago, we were going to go to a Browns game. to go to the Cowboys-Lions game right now. Two years ago, Dan and I were going to go to a Browns game. And the tickets for that game were $29 to sit in the upper bowl. $29, and look at them now. But anyway, that's going to bring it into this show. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of Dave Litter who can make it better. <laughs>